0: Again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate the continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March Fourth Pod, on Twitter at Mike V Bauman, and the host site is march com. you made it here so you found me somehow and i truly appreciate you spending some time with me today cuz we got a fun one on this episode first of all again thank you to everybody who's listening thank you to everybody who's following the socials and checking out the podcast we're creeping up on 5000 downloads which you know for for one of the little guys out here like me that's really awesome man you know to to be approaching that milestone you know, getting back into this during the pandemic and, you know, rediscovering really my, my love for this, not really to call it a passion would really be an understatement. Just just the love I have for connecting with people and for sharing these stories on the podcast and getting a chance to talk to, whether it's musicians or friends of mine, colleagues, business owners, to, to share stories of perseverance and moving forward. It's just, it really truly is a, pl- a pleasure, tongue twister, <laughs> a pleasure to to bring these shows to you guys. So I really mean it when I say thank you for checking out the show. It really, truly does mean a lot. And if you do feel so inclined, please go over to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a comment. It helps the show rank higher, which inevitably gives more face time to these artists and these wonderful people that I have on the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope everybody's summer is off to a good start. As a Hoops fanatic, it's been a really interesting NBA playoffs it's really cool to see that we're going to have a new champion this year. So, shout out to anybody who's a Suns or Clippers or Bucks or Hawks fan. You know that your your teams have made it this far. NHL playoffs has been interesting as well. So, it's uh, baseballs in full swing. You've got golf, racing. So, I mean, really, it's it's a great time of the year for sports. WNBA is going on for for women's basketball. It's just cool to see everything coming back around to to, to more of uh, some sort of semblance of normalcy and even in the music realm especially too and obviously there's a lot of music on this podcast it's really awesome to see artists getting back on the road and having the opportunity to go on tour again so I'm really really just jazzed up about uh about life this summer and about this summer in general in these next few months I'm really Really excited about the things that I've got coming for you guys on this show, so stay tuned because there's a lot more coming your way with March fourth and I can't wait to bring you those episodes but it's it's just a lot of fun right now, so I'm just going to continue riding this positive wave as long as I can, man. but this week's guest you guys, I feel very fortunate to have on the show he's a super talented human being and incredibly down to earth, which is equally as impressive to me because sometimes you know, people, you know, you never know when you talk to somebody, right. And, and, um, you know, for, for people of a high skill level who have a large following when you talk to them and they're really cool down to earth people, not that you expect them to be otherwise. And I didn't expect this guy to, to not be cool. Right. But it's, it's always nice whether somebody's famous, whether they're not famous, whether, you know, whether they're, Uh, a celebrity musician whatever it's it's always nice when you go out in the world and you connect with other cool people right when you connect with other good people and this guy is definitely one of the good ones his name is Sammy Bowler if you're a fan of the guitar he probably needs no introduction but for the rest of you this was really awesome for me because growing up in Toledo Ohio Detroit was like our attic I you know for for those of you not familiar Toledo is a a border town of of Ohio and Michigan. It's right on the border. It's about an hour south of Detroit. So growing up in Toledo, it was really cool because you do have a lot of that blue collar work ethic. But as a sports fan, as a music fan, it was great because we were surrounded by all these other major cities like Detroit, Chicago, Chicago. Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, and they were all within a few hours drive, you know, and Detroit with the rich music history that it has. I, I got a chance to see some awesome shows up there over the years. And a lot of those same bands would also usually play Toledo on like an off night, you know, being being more of a B or C market, you know, they would play, you know, some of the local venues there. So I was really fortunate to grow up in really really a great area for music and, and especially, like I said, with Detroit and, and the history, the rich musical history. And Sammy Bowler is, is another musician out of Detroit in a long line of musicians uh, that have come out of that area, man. There's just something in the water up there. He's a virtuoso guitar player, formerly of the band Citizen Zero, and then released his debut solo album, Kingdom of the Sun on March 20th, 2020, right right at the the beginning of the pandemic unfortunately, but you know, he's really become a guy that's that's known for his skill on the guitar. If you follow him on Instagram, he's he's always putting up videos. Um he's a guy as as you'll hear in this conversation who's really become known for like his tapping skills. In 2012, he really catapulted onto the national spotlight when Joe Satriani selected him as the winner of Guitar Center's Master Satriani competition. So um a member of the Friedman Amplification roster which includes the likes of Dave Grohl, Jerry Cantrell, Steve Stevens, Bill Kelleher, um Billy Howardell. I mean it's it's a real who's who, you know, and and you know, of course guys like Eddie Van Halen over the years so it's uh, it's a really great company that he's in, and it's really really well deserved. He's just a, a super nice, down to earth guy, like I said, and I just feel very fortunate that I was able to get the opportunity to speak with him on this podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Sammy Bowler out of Detroit, Michigan. Here it is. <laughs> Gordon, man. Well, Sammy, thanks again so much for taking the time, brother. I really appreciate it. Uh, To give you a quick little background about me, I actually, uh, I'm just outside of Nashville now, but I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and I I know that you're from Detroit. So that was basically like our attic. That was only like 45 minutes up the road on I-75, brother. But, um, you know, this past year, obviously, with Kingdom of the Sun coming out, um, I I know you've been working on a lot, but uh, what's it been like just through 2020 to have to have that record come out basically right in the middle of everything, unfortunately going down with COVID-19, but nonetheless, I I've seen you,
1: you've stayed pretty busy, man. First of all, nice to meet you, Mike. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for checking out the album. Um, it's been a good year, man. I mean, it's been, it's been tough, like for everyone, you know, not being able to play live and do any shows. It's been a big bummer, but you know it's 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 been all right you know i've been doing a lot of live streams and recording and writing music so i've been staying busy from home i'm still in detroit uh i'm starting to get a little stir crazy i'm looking forward to uh getting back out and playing hopefully in the fall but it's been a good year overall man how you been good man good you know things are starting to open up
0: back here in uh in nashville so i'm hoping that uh I'm hoping that in the fall um, I can start getting back out to some shows and stuff because there's some people coming through. Like I'm kind of a, a metalhead. So like Gojira, I know, is supposed to come through, I think, in October. It would be awesome
1: to see them live. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing OK. All things considered, um, you know, I, I love that band as well. man. I saw them open for Mastodon uh, probably a few years ago now. But yeah, their new song is really badass, too. Was that the tour
0: with it. uh? Was it uh? Clevertac too? I think w- up in Detroit, um, there was there was like a tour they did It was like Gojira, Mastodon, and I think if I'm saying it right, Clevertac or whatever. It was uh, gosh, I think I was, they
1: were playing first. Yeah, it was okay. that was it was a sick show. Yeah, it was really really good. But I'm, I'm still, a huge fan of that man.
0: I re- I remember that bill dude, and I still regret not driving up there for that. Um, you know, being from Toledo, I've I've gone to a lot of shows in Detroit and. It's such a hotbed for, I feel like just rock and roll and and music in general. And that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you having, you know, being from that area. um, What what do you think it is in the water up there, man? I mean, when you look at the, just the musical history and the lineage, I mean, guys like you coming out of there, um, you know, still there's so much talent coming out of Detroit. What is it about that area, just as somebody who's from there and the music scene, both local and national, that you feel like there's just it seems to just be a hotbed for for new music across the board?
1: Detroit's an amazing town, man. Um, I mean, I, I think probably the most the most, uh, I guess, obvious thing is, I mean, just the history here, you know, from I mean, starting with Motown. Um, and obviously, there's amazing rock and roll coming out of Detroit for years. You know, like like I grew up on like Grand Funk Railroad and Bob Seger and Nugent and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, now I mean, the cool thing is a lot of those guys are still around, and guys that worked on some of that music are are still alive, and you know, most of them stayed in the city. So that's that's been a cool thing is like getting to meet some of those some of those like legends really, like James Jamerson Jr. and and I've met Seger. I used to do a little work for him when I was younger. Like, I mean, you can learn so much from being around people like that. That's um, just amazing. But as far as like the local music scene, man, there's a lot of. It's a really supportive community. I'd say like there's a lot of great bands now, and uh, everybody kind of supports each other, you know. And it's cool. Cause it's not only rock and roll. It's a lot of a lot of different genres, which Detroit's kind of known for that, you know.
0: Yeah. So it's awesome.
1: I love living here, man
0: for sure man hey when i go back home man it's uh, there's 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 nothing too much like like michigan summers and stuff like even growing up i used to go to lake michigan on the coast with uh with my family and growing up and uh be like i said being from toledo that was what was kind of cool because it was like we were one of those smaller markets so it's like if people didn't play detroit maybe they'd play toledo on like a tuesday or wednesday before they go to the joe or comerica or wherever they were going up there but um But for you, I I know you you've been into music since you were a kid, um, you know, just listening to previous interviews and stuff with you. But do you remember the first stuff that really grabbed you or in particular, the guitar? Was it just something that always fascinated you? Was that the instrument just from from Jump Street that that always grabbed you?
1: Yeah, it's weird, man. You know, I I feel like I I've always wanted to play guitar, like as long as I can remember. Um, Like, I'm really lucky my parents are both musicians. So they like, they wanted me, they put me in piano lessons when I was really young. So I started on that. And uh, I always liked it, but I never really took it seriously, you know. And then like when band started in school, my dad's a trumpet player. So I started playing trumpet. But around that time was like, we had always had the acoustic guitars around the house, you know. And uh, I just always wanted to play. I would just beg my parents like, please, please show me, you know, show me some stuff. And uh, finally they did. You know, my mom showed me how to play Day Tripper. Uh, by the Beatles, and then that was it. it was like, I, I didn't put it down. Like I was just obsessed with it, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. I've loved, I've loved rock and roll for a long time too. I, I don't remember like what age when I first started like seriously listening to music all the time. Like or at least like rock and metal and stuff. But I know the first couple CDs I bought were Very Best of Kiss, and then uh, I think the same day I bought, uh, I think Who's Next or it was a Who album. All oh, so, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like that was when I was really young, even before I was playing guitar. But the thing that made me want to play electric was when I first uh, heard Van Halen. That was like that kind of changed my life, you know. Like a lot of people, a yeah. lot of guitar players, especially.
0: Yeah, I feel like wh- whoever it is, whether they're rock or metal or <laughs> instrumentalists, like I, I, a lot of the bands that I listen to, you always hear them talk about. Uh, usually, it's like one of like Kiss, Eddie Van Halen, you know, Black Sabbath, but. You know bringing up eddie van Halen uh, you know unfortunately with with his passing this year in in your you know musical travels over the years, man, did you ever get a chance to meet him or come into contact with him
1: i I never got to meet eddie man i I wish that was like always my dream to get to get to hang out with him or talk to him but um it's an interesting thing man when when you love somebody's music so much um and it becomes such a part of your life, and I mean, he changed my life. You know, like if if I hadn't heard Van Halen when I was young, I, I, I don't know if I would have become a guitar player, or a musician, or anything. You know, so it's like you can kind of get to know people through their music, I think. For sure. And I think I think the uh, the testament to that is how many people when he passed away, how many people felt like they lost a close friend. You know, like for me, I, I felt like I lost you know like a part part of my family or something. It was great. I've never felt like that over a celebrity. Uh, lost before a musician so he was just an amazing person man and you know people like that they live forever you know his music's so incredible
0: yeah I I really think that's one of the amazing things about music man is the stuff that you guys make like it's timeless you know when you think about um, you know know, people going to 9 to 5's every day and doing what they got to do to put food on the table I mean we're both from the Midwest so there's Mm -hmm. obviously we know about like sort of that blue collar work ethic and, and coming from environments where there's a lot of hard people but with music it's that's always been the coolest thing for me um just having friends that are musicians and getting to do conversations like this where it's like the work that you guys do is timeless and that's not to belittle people with regular jobs or anything like that but i think it's really cool like you said how you know you, your work can really live on through your songs you know
1: oh yeah when it's when it's from your heart, you know, I, I think that's that's the magical thing about Eddie, you know, it's like everything he wrote from the beginning to the later stuff. It's like it's just incredible, you know, it'll that stuff that'll it's timeless. It'll it'll go long past, uh you know, long past us or whatever. But it's cool because not only as as an innovative, he wasn't only an innovative guitarist, but I mean, he was like a pop culture icon, too. You know, yeah, Which That's it's just an amazing thing. He was yeah. just, he's my favorite to the, you know, he'll probably always be my favorite guitar player. I don't know if anybody will ever come around and and be able to do what he did. You know, it was like a really special time.
0: For sure, man. Yeah. I, and, and one thing I wanted to ask you, I saw that you talked about, you know, your guitar playing, how, how you, you know, you want to plug into an amp and just like blow the walls off the place. And, <laughs> and just to kind of make a parallel to like Eddie Van Halen, just from seeing conversations he had over the years and people asking about his playing, uh, one of the things I remember him saying was, um, you know, part of this, the reason he developed the sounds that he developed with like the guitar was like, he didn't have like the money in the early days to buy like the pedals and the effects and stuff. So he just kind of taught himself how to make all these crazy noises on the guitar. Like, was that something that inspired you with his playing and Or even a guy like, uh, I, I know you mentioned Randy Rhodes, uh, before as an influence, you know, guys that just developed like these massive sounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that that spirit of, like, kind of figuring it out on your own and, and um, kind of pushing stuff a little bit too far, uh, that's a big part of rock and roll, you know? That's a big part of guitar playing. And um, I feel really lucky, man. Like, when, when I was first getting into these guys when I was a young kid, um, it was, like, kind of right before YouTube where you could just look it up and everything was there, you know? Yeah. So you still kind of had to figure it out on your own and experiment and, you know, try things out and... um yeah, I think that's that's i I feel like I still have that. Maybe that's a Midwest thing too, is like you do whatever it takes to figure it, you know, to get it done or something. Um but yeah, man, I I I love I those are probably my two favorite guys. And they and Randy had that in common as well. Like he was always always pushing it, always you know, always trying to dig deeper. Yeah, going back and listening
0: to some of that that Aussie stuff like Diary of a Madman and stuff, it's like it's just insane some of the the stuff that he put together. Um and and what's crazy I think for for you like um I mean, did you ever picture cuz you know being part of Friedman amplification and and you know guys like Eddie Van Halen and Jerry Cantrell and Steve Stevens like you're with the guy who worked on the tone for all these guys. Mm -hmm. Like, is that, is that kind of surreal? Do you ever pinch yourself even still like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm part of this team. And this was the guy that helped these guys with all their tones.
1: Oh yeah. I feel, I feel so blessed, man. Um, Dave Friedman, uh, he's from Detroit as well. He's a Midwest guy as well. Um, And like, we've just become such good friends uh, over the past few years. Um, He's, he's been so good to me. I feel like I, I don't deserve it or something, but um yeah he's just awesome but being around him like he even though I never got to meet Eddie like he was really close with him so it's like just hearing one on one stories or like being one person off it's like you feel like you feel like you're there or, something, or you know you feel closer to him um but yeah i mean just dave's knowledge alone of guitar tones and he has like an encyclopedic knowledge of that stuff you can name any record he'll tell you exactly what it was here's what he did here's the you know here's how they miked it up you know stuff like that so I, i've learned so much from him hanging out with him
0: that's awesome man yeah Jer- jerry cantrell too i mean for me I, i'm i'm 33 so like the the early 90s i was a little kid but my my oldest brother's six years older so he was into all the heavy stuff and what came to be known as grunge in the 90s and that was uh a pretty foundational like guitar player for me just being somebody who's always been attracted to that instrument so i was just like gosh that's just got to be such a trip for for sammy um to to be able to work with a guy who's worked with all these like amazing musicians that's awesome
1: it's it's a blessing, man. I I'm a huge Jerry fan as well. Dave and I went to see him. Uh, he was doing the last time I was in California. He was doing like an acoustic show or like unplugged. He had this big band, but he was playing a lot of the Alice and Chain stuff, kind of like stripped down. And it was just so it was amazing, man. You don't you kind of forget like how bigger deal his voice was in addition to lane you know like on that early stuff because he was singing all those songs it's like damn you yeah. know his voice his voice is great too you know you always forget he's a great singer yeah but, I, I was yeah he's luck- he's a big guy for me too sorry go ahead. Oh, i'm
0: sorry i didn't mean to jump in i i was um i was just gonna say i was lucky enough to um they did a co-headlining tour with corn a couple of years ago before all this stuff happened and i got to see him in nashville and that was like a pretty cool bucket list moment for me to see Allison Chains live, uh, just growing up with those songs. And like you said, his voice is just, I feel like is pretty underrated too, you know, just that signature sound that they had.
1: Yeah. His voice was a big part of those early records, man. But yeah, as a guitarist as well, for me, like I've seen him uh, just with the full band as well. And uh, his guitar tone is just insane. It's probably, it's one of the craziest guitar tones I've heard live. Like it's just it sounds absolutely crazy, you know. Um, he's he's amazing. He's he's one another one of those guys that'll go on forever, you know.
0: What's that like for you, man? As a as a guitar player, to to pursue that, um, or is that something that you pursue? Like a signature, like a like a Sammy tone, you know? Because you know, talking about these guys like Eddie Van Halen or Jerry Cantrell or like a Dimebag Darrell, like you know that sound when you hear it. Is that something for you, even with um? You know going and putting out your your solo record last year kingdom of the sun that that you really strive for like when people hear music from you that they they recognize that it's your tone and your
1: feel um yeah that is something that i've that i've definitely um try to to achieve um it's funny man it's like when you're when you're growing up and learning how to play it's kind of like uh like when you're young learning how to learn when you're learning how to speak like learning a language it's like the first thing you do is you imitate your parents right But when you learn how to play guitar, you just imitate all your favorite guitar players like Eddie and Randy or, you know, Dimebag, all those guys. But it's like the more you play and, you know, as you start writing music, your own sound, if you really work at it and really make an effort, it's like your own voice kind of comes out over time and you find your style. And like for me, I think um, the past few years, I feel like I've, I've gotten to the point where it's like, being a musician being an artist is like knowing who you are, you know and I, I feel like uh I feel like i'm I'm finally like confident in saying like i've I've found my own sound, you know, and I'm just trying to trying to expand it like the trick is once you find what you do and you did it, it's like just trying to expand it as far as it'll go, or something you know,
0: yeah, for so sure, I'm working at
1: it I'm working on it every day, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. Um, well, even, even building on that, like watching the Instagram videos, like seeing, seeing guys like Jeff Loomis and like Zach Wild, like, like your videos, like that's, that's gotta be a trip, you know, guys that, uh, can shred with the best of them. But, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and thanks again so much for doing this, dude. This is awesome talking to you, uh, especially just being a fellow Midwesterner, man. Like I always love it when people from where I'm from are doing their thing. But, you know, after, um, Citizen 0, I mean, what was that process like? Was that a conscious decision to go, okay, you know, I want to take this time after being on the road and being with these guys for all those years to to do an instrumental album? Was that always a goal? Like what what went into that decision to to put out that record?
1: Um, you know, it was kind of just like a natural thing. Like the band broke up. Um, we toured for a couple of years and then it was just kind of the band just kind of ended. So, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do but uh i had like a, i was working like kind of like kind of what i mentioned i was working on a couple new like guitar things that i was kind of excited about and uh i was off the road so it's like when you when your band breaks up and that's what you've been doing for years it's like kind of a crazy thing it's like well whoa <laughs> you know what am i supposed to do now and uh i showed a friend of mine steve Lahane, who like produced the album uh i showed him some of the riffs he's like dude you know you should just i think i i had demoed them out with in my apartment with like a full band behind it you know and i showed it to him he's like man this is pretty cool you know you should we should just record this stuff see how it turns out it might be cool and um i remember i called uh citizen zero's manager Uh, his name's rick smith he's like one of the last like real deal old school rock and roll managers like (laughs) like his first band he managed was aerosmith he's like that that level oh wow but uh he's awesome man he's like the stories are insane but anyway i remember i called him i was like man you know, I don't know what to do. Like, I, you know, I was just talking with friends, you know, like I've got all these instrumentals, you know, I, I think I'm gonna record them. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I was like being kind of wishy-washy. He's like, Sammy, dude, you have to do it. You, know, you have <laughs> to, you have to do it. He like, he was really encouraging, you know, so that's when I kind of decided, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really, I'm going to write a whole album and get it out, you know? So that's kind of what, when it started, um, the album it took a it took a while to record. Like we did a couple of songs here, a couple of songs there, but so it took probably about a year to record all together. Um, but I'm really proud of it, man. I feel I feel like I've kind of uh, like landed on where I'm I'm supposed to be or something, you know.
0: Yeah, dude, I really enjoyed it front to back, man. Like just, just as somebody who's a fan of guitar, like I, I I really I really thought it flowed well. Like um awakening from a daydream I thought was a great way to like close it out. And I think one of the things that's cool and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've kind of become known too for for like tapping. Um, And I wanted to ask you not only about developing that skill, but, um, you know, even during the pandemic with the downtime and not touring for musicians like yourselves. I mean, I I know with guitar, like there's always another page uh, that you can turn another chapter to, to go into with that. So I guess the first question is just um, what was it about tapping and developing that skill that attracted you to that and, and has become a part of your playing? And then secondarily to that, like in the pandemic, was there anything in particular that you wanted to improve on or just or you know, a guitar technique that you wanted to pick up during uh during the downtime away from the road?
1: Great question. Um, you know, I I had been doing the like I'd been working on the tapping stuff for a long time. Um just coming up with like little pieces at home. Um And I was, I did it just because it's like more, I I just thought it was cool. You know, it's, it's, it was like, when I like, it's, whenever you find something like that, it's, it's, that's exciting to you. It's good to just keep hitting it, you know? Um, But I I never really thought about, I didn't really think about putting it, like making that a voice for an instrumental band until we started, until I started demoing them out of my computer, you know? But I'd say I, I started working hard on that, like kind of when we got off the road with Citizen Zero. Like we had a couple, like, a couple long tours where it's was like, I was kind of burned out on all the stuff I was playing. So I kind of really started working on the tapping stuff. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's something that's, I don't know. I just, I just really enjoy it. And I feel like it's, it's a way to get melodies out on, on the guitar in a certain way that kind of like, I don't know. It's, I think I forget who said it, though it' was a classical composer that said like in order to move others with your music, you must be moved first, you know, and I think that's that's the type of stuff that like really I don't know it just it just does something for me, you know, so it's like if it's if it's touching you first, that's like you have a, the best chance or whatever of other people digging into, so I've been working on a lot of that stuff still like being locked at home, but I'm working on like trying to do what i' what I've been practicing i guess technique wise is like trying to get my right hand on the guitar to sound just like the left hand, like being able to bend strings and stuff with the right hand. So I'm still working at that. I'm not, I'm not totally there yet. I'm pretty, it's pretty, it sounds pretty embarrassing still, but I'm working on it, man. You know, and I've just been writing a lot of songs.
0: That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, i saw that uh you linked up with with uh cam clark out of kentucky for the pharaohs uh stuff and was it was it new year's day where you guys did was it that live stream you did at rust belt with with, uh where you record with steve
1: that's yeah that's this that's rust belt that's where i uh that's where we recorded the the album um cam i met cam through uh the owner of the studio is named al sutton uh he's a producer in detroit um he produced Citizen Zero. Um, he's produced a lot of a lot of great bands. Um, but we were just hanging out one night. Me and Steve uh, were hanging with Al, the owner, and he was kind of giving me shit. You know, it's like it was late. It was like two in the morning. We're, we're you know having you know probably too many drinks at this point. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was kind of giving me shit. Like, dude, why don't why don't you start a new band, man? Come on, you know. And uh, this is the type of conversation that only happens, you know, after, you know, several uh whiskeys. But anyway, <laughs> he's like, who do we get? I was like, you know, I was making the excuse again. Like, I'd love to, but it's so far- hard to find a great singer, you know. And he goes, he's going, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he goes, I've got the guy. I know because he had worked with Cam's band like a year prior and they had broken up. So he's like, I'm going to call him right now. And I was like, dude, no, it's like three in the morning. You can't just call him, you know. <laughs> but he hit him up the next day and was like, hey, you should come meet me this guitar player or whatever and just see, see how it goes, you know, jam, see how it goes. So we just started talking online and I thought he's, I watched a couple of videos of him playing and singing. It was just blown away. I mean, he's incredible. Um, And then we got together and it just, just hit it off. He's just like, not only a wonderful musician, but just a wonderful guy too. So we've, we've got that album written. We haven't, uh, we're still figuring out, we're still figuring out where we're going to go with it. Um, But I'm so excited to start playing shows with that band, man. Like, jam jam is just an incredible incredible front man so i can't wait it's like even talking about playing playing shows is like exciting (laughs) you know i'm getting excited about it
0: yeah dude watching some of that to get ready for this man like uh he's got a lot of soul like in his voice like it was really cool like watching watching you guys jam like that i I was like yeah this is because and it's such a different vibe too um from the from the kingdom of the sun stuff so it seems cool to be able to I got to imagine for you to scratch those different itches like that and play with, with different musicians, you know?
1: Oh, I feel, I feel so lucky, man. I feel, I feel so blessed to even know somebody like that, you know, um, and be able to play with them is like, that's just, it's just a blessing, but yeah, it's cool, man. It's like, um, I feel, I feel like I kind of get the best of both worlds now where it's with the instrumental stuff. It's the guitar, like I can kind of explore different things with the guitar playing, but with, with the new Pharaoh stuff, it's like, that's, that's equally a, as much of a challenge, you know, is, is making the guitar, you know, making, making the band sing. It's like, when you start a band, you kind of have to, you don't, we didn't know how it was going to sound like, until we got together, you know, like we were talking about it, me and John, were talking about it, the drummer, like, all right, we're, you know, I was like, all right, we're just going to do early Van Halen, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> let's go. But it's like, when you get together, it's like all your influences come out you know and we wrote all the stuff just jamming like nobody brought in anything um you know like no preconceived stuff we just we just started playing let's see how it goes you know and i'm i'm so excited about that man i can't i can't wait for uh i can't wait for you to hear the record it's gonna gonna be really cool i'm excited
0: man well just a a couple more things i'll ask you before i let you go and thanks again so much for doing this dude i really appreciate it Um... oh it's a pleasure, man. So so, building on that, um, you released Ritual Lights um, at the beginning of April, right? On uh, April second, another instrumental song. Yeah. Are you also working on uh, more instrumental stuff at this time too. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you're you're writing all the time, but it, you know, as you kind of look towards the future, which I I know it's I know it's hard right now because it seems mm-hmm. like, gosh, you know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But um, on a positive side of things, like with the Pharaoh stuff and uh ritual lights coming out, like are there plans to do another instrumental record as well? Or is that kind of becoming the focus with the Pharaoh stuff as you move forward?
1: No, uh, I'm working on an instrumental record too. I'm, I'm, uh, i would, I'm, I'm writing it right now. Like we haven't really started recording it yet, but uh, it's, it's going to be cool, man. I'm trying to do something a little bit, I didn't want to just do Kingdom of the Sun again, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to expand out a little bit and and try some new things. But I've been been working on that as well. So I'm kind of working on two records right now, the Pharaoh stuff and uh, the next instrumental thing. I was hoping to have two... We're going on the road again in October, or my band, just the instrumental uh, stuff. And uh, I was hoping to have two albums by the time we go on the road. But I think think since we didn't really get to tour Kingdom of the Sun, um, it'll probably just be uh, we'll probably just have the one record out and I'll probably put another single out or two before, before, uh, we hit the road. Right on, man.
0: Well, well, the last thing I'll ask you, and thanks again so much, dude, for doing this is, um, you know, kind of the, the meaning behind the, the name of this podcast, March 4th is just about perseverance and moving forward. And I think it's, it's cool to have somebody like you on, because I feel like you're doing that through just, uh, exploring all these avenues of the guitar, man. And, uh, so not to put you on the spot, but, um, you know, what, what advice would you give out there to kids? Cause you know, it's kind of like when, when you're young and, and you had parents who who were musicians and were supportive, like you said, but um, you know, I feel like sometimes when you hear, you know, kids say like, Oh, I want to play basketball or I want to, you know, be a musician. You know, sometimes people can kind of kind of crush those dreams and try to get them to go take a more practical route as, as somebody who's doing this for a living and uh, living your dream, man, like w- what advice would you give kids out there to, to persevere and to move forward you know, in, in musicianship, the the way that you have?
1: That's a great question, man. Um, I think the main thing, uh, the main thing with, with, um, being a musician or an artist or anything, anything you choose to do in life is just, you got to follow your heart. You got to listen to your heart first, you know, um, because nobody can tell you how to do you better than you, you know? So that's, that's my advice is like, if, if it's something that's in you and you, and you love playing and that's, you know, what, what you love more than anything, you gotta, you gotta pursue it. You know, it's a, it's your life, you know, when you're a musician, that's not just, you know, it's not just about going on stage or, you know, whatever it's, that's your life. That's the way you see the world, you know? So if that's, if that's something that you love, don't ever let anybody, uh, you know, um, discourage you, you know? And uh, the other th- related to that, sometimes like kids will ask, like, you know, should I have a backup plan, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you can't have a backup plan because that's that's what you'll end up with. You know, <laughs> it's your life. You know, you got to you got to there's always there's always time, you know, it, things change as well. You know, maybe it maybe it makes sense in part of your life. And maybe, you know, as you get older, you know, you find other passions, other things you love. But you're there'll never be a day wasted if you're if you're going after something going after your dreams, you know.
0: Well, Sammy, I really appreciate it, man. I think I think that's a great place to stop. Thank you again so much for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and, and best wishes going forward with, man. I can't wait to hear the Pharaoh stuff and the new stuff you're working on. And if you come through Nashville, I got to come through and check out a show, dude. So thank you so much.
1: Really nice to meet you, Mike. Cheers, man. Yeah, we'll be there in October. Hopefully I'll get to meet you. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thanks again, Cheers, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. See See you.
0: There you have it. That was my conversation with Sammy Bowler. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at Sammy Bowler. You can find his music wherever you find your music. I will make sure to put up the links in the podcast description for this episode. Sammy, thank you so much for taking the time to swing by and do the podcast, man. It was so great to catch up with you, learn more about your story, learn more about the awesome stuff you've got coming up with Pharaohs. I truly, truly appreciate it. You are as down to earth as you are talented on the guitar, man. And it was really awesome to get the opportunity to speak with you. So, you know, just nothing but love and positive vibes your way through this summer as you get out there and get a chance to play live in front of people again. And big shout out and big thank you as well to Kevin over at PFA for setting up this interview for this podcast, Kevin is always so down to earth and kind and responsive to my emails when I inquire about getting people for this podcast. And I just want to say, Kevin, thank you so much, man, for taking the time to get back to me and, and taking the time to uh, make time, you know, for for me and, and, and get these interviews on the show. It's, it's, you know, really just know how much I appreciate that, man. You know, um, I really appreciate it when people follow up and they're responsive and you know and 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 sometimes when people don't, I don't take it personally. You know, I know the show is still building, um, but at the same time it is really cool when people take the time to get back to you and I just want you to know how much I truly appreciate that, Kevin, with what I'm trying to do over here with March Fourth in terms of spreading positivity and, you know, helping spread the word about people like Sammy. And again, y'all, Kingdom of the Sun is a great record please go check it out. My personal favorite track on that record is probably The Closer, Awakening from the Daydream. I just really enjoy that one. But there's so many good ones on there. The Empress, Cloak of Night, the the title track, Kingdom of the Sun, is really great. Also, his single Ritual Lights came out on, I think, April 2nd, my brother's birthday, uh, beginning of April And again, as you guys heard in that conversation, this new stuff that he's working on with Cam Clark, with Pharaohs, I'm actually really excited because they're going to be coming through Nashville in July for a live gig. So if you're in the Nashville area or if you want to take a little road trip, Pharaohs is going to be playing. And it's a a different vibe from the solo stuff that Sammy's doing. And there's some of it you can check out, actually, I believe, on YouTube. So um, if I can find that link, I'll share it as well. But uh, it's really good stuff, man. So just... Again, the dude's super talented. Uh it, it was really cool to, to hear about just how he got into music and just the, the respect that he has for, for guys that have come before him. You know, obviously the late great Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes and just, you know, all of the wonderful players over at Friedman Amplification. Um it, it's just it's it was just really cool all the way around. It was just positive vibes, man. So again, thank you to all for listening. This is just been a real pleasure to continue to bring you guys these podcasts. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is march4th.podbean.com. New episodes come out the first and third Tuesday of every month. My goal is to eventually get it to be more than that. But right now, as I balance everything, it's the first and third Tuesday of every month and we've got some more fun ones coming your way. So definitely stay tuned. And if you subscribe to the podcast, if you follow it on Spotify, iHeart, Apple, you know iTunes, Podbean, if you follow the podcast and you subscribe, then you're guaranteed you're never going to miss any of these new episodes when they come out. And again, I hate begging for likes. I hate begging for subs. But If you enjoyed this show, share it, spread the word, tell a friend to tell a friend, not just for me, but for for the awesome, talented Sammy Bowler to continue to get his name out there because you're going to be hearing a lot more from him. And uh, again, it's just so cool to me that somebody from an area where I grew up, a city that I've seen a lot of really awesome concerts in and had so many good memories over the years from going to shows up in Detroit, whether it was the Joe, you know, whether it was the Fillmore, whether it was DTE I mean there's just there's great venues up there man and uh, all my sports teams are up there and uh, I, I just I, I'm just really really excited that's like the buzzword for this episode excited but I, I truly mean it when I say thank you to everybody who, who listens to the show to everybody who does the show again, thanks to Sammy, thanks to Kevin and thank you to all of you but if you love it, please share it and subscribe and, and take a time uh, take a time take the time to leave a review because it really does help not only the podcast get out to more people, but more importantly, get these stories out to more people. And, uh, anytime I get somebody down to earth, like Sammy on the show, I really want him to get his shine, man, not just in the guitar community. Uh, and people are obviously well aware of him in the guitar community, but, uh, in, in the larger music community as a whole, because he's, he's a good dude and he deserves his roses, man. So on that note, I just want to, um, Again, let you all know how excited I am that we're closing in on 5,000 downloads. That's really awesome, and uh, I, I really appreciate all the love and support that I do get from people who listen to the show, from people close to me. It really does mean a lot, and it's, it's been so much fun to get back into this, and I just can't wait to bring you more. So I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.